0: This is the Jocko Underground podcast. Number 44, Echo Charles sitting here with me. I've been thinking a lot about this term I heard a little while ago, but it seems to just be more and more important and more impactful all the time. The The term is social contagion. Hmm. It, and it, you know, in a nutshell it's like a fad right it's like a fad of something mm. but you know when you think of fad you think of hula hoops right sure. or rubik's cubes what you don't think of is something like suicide mm. or cutting yourself which is a a thing that happens with people they they get into self harm mm-hmm. so I I was just reading a little bit about it. Some excerpts here from uh, psychologytoday.com. Starts off with this little example. In 1774, Johann Wolfgang von Golt published a book called The Sorrows of Young Werther. In the novel, the main character, Werther, shoots himself with a pistol after he's rejected by the woman he loves. Shortly after the book's publication, there were reports of young men dressing in yellow pants and blue jackets like Werther and shooting themselves in acts of hopelessness. This resulted in the book being banned in several places. The phenomenon of copycat suicides, which has been verified numerous times by research in recent decades, has become known as the Werther effect. All right, we all, I also heard Jordan Peterson, I think he talked about it when he was on our podcast. If you have... They, they have like experiments or they have data that when they put suicide prevention signs up in a town or in a city, you know, call 1-800 if you're feeling depressed to help you get over suicidal thoughts. Suicide increases. Because that, that idea is getting in people's head. Um, I guess that's not quite a social contagion. It's, to me, that's the idea of this idea getting into your head, being placed there. The idea gets placed there. And if the idea wouldn't have been placed there, it's like a little seed that gets planted and then it grows. And the, but what I think part of the social contagion f- aspect is that right now there's so many ways that a seed can get planted in your head, right? Primarily social media. I mean, you can stare at this freaking little screen all day and have people pump ideas into your head. Uh, going back to this article, social contagion is more a general phenomenon extending far beyond suicide it is the spread of ideas attitudes or patterns or behavior patterns in a group through imitation and conformity among other factors the american psychological association's definition of social contagion lists a few of the of those processes so you got the first one is imitation, copying the behavior of another person or group intentionally or unintentionally. That's interesting, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's not even intentional. You see what everyone's doing, you kind of go along with it. Yeah. In some situations, there can be also be an element of mimicry in which people without conscious awareness or intent automatically copy other people's physical movements. That's, that happens. And you know, you hear um, like interrogators they'll they'll mimic people's movements to kind of build some rep what's the word rapport rapport with them yeah. you know you put your hand on your head i put my hand on your head kind of yeah. like show you that i'm along with you
1: yeah, yeah
0: next one conformity and the pressure to conform conformity is the adjustment of one's opinions judgments or actions so that they become more consistent with the group boom we all know about that
1: yeah
0: but are you aware of it I think that's like the, the overall underlying thread of my thought through this is are you aware of this stuff? Yeah. Are you aware that's happening? Are you aware that you're imitating people? Are you aware that they're conforming to their ideas? Yeah. Are you aware of it? Are you thinking through things and actually questioning what you're doing or are you just going along with it because you're unaware of the fact that it's happening? Yeah. Next one, universi- universality universality sorry universality which refers to the tendency to assumes to assume that one's attitudes or behaviors are common to everyone in the group and are permissible because everyone's doing it That's what everybody's doing. doing it as in the case of rule breaking by a crowd or mob this has a disinhibiting effect as well as reinforcing effect setting up a circular reaction so you do it I do it you see that I did it you do it more I do it more we just go in this this circular Reaction, anonymity, impulsivity, and feelings of invincibility also play important roles in mob situations. So that's you know, mobs is an example of this of this social contagion. And so, if you're in a mob, if you're in a group, and you start doing things, question what you're doing. That's my underlying thread of this whole thing. That's what I've been asking myself. It goes on to this other section. Some fa- some other factors mediating social contagion might include the need for approval or affiliation, sharing the other's goals or inferring or understanding their intentions and motivations, being, quote, inspired and impressed by the other and in some cases trying to gain recognition or even notoriety by surpassing the, quote, accomplishment of the other, as in the case of antisocial psychopathic acts such as mass shootings you know you see that with like kids drinking alcohol
1: yeah adults too but I am sorry adults drinking Sleepy. alcohol yeah.
0: yeah just like oh I'm gonna drink more than you Yep. I played that game before <laughs> it's a dumb game to play Brutal. it's yeah. social contagion yeah. I should have been saying to myself why are you doing this right now yeah what are you doing what are you trying to what are you trying to prove something too yeah We're trying to prove there, buddy. Um, This is an interesting one, emotional contagion. God, we're seeing this all the time, right? Mm. The rapid spread of an emotion from one or a few individuals to others, as in a political rally or a sports stadium packed with fans or even just a room full of friends. Mm. So your emotions are contagious which you know from a leadership perspective we say that all the time hey if you start to panic everyone's going to start to panic if you remain calm everyone starts to remain calm
1: mm-hmm.
0: but man if you can if you allow yourself to get caught up in this stuff without being aware of it to me that's a problem mm-hmm. groupthink the next one, groupthink, as may occur, for example, in political organizations or in corporations, in which cohesiveness or the desire for cohesiveness within a group produces a tendency among its members to agree at all costs, which leads the group to minimize conflict and reach consensus without critical evaluation. Without critical evaluation, sounds good to me. Oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. As you know, you you always make that comment. That's what we're doing. Sure. You know, that's what we're doing. Hey, if that's what we're doing. Yeah, you're uh, you, you're on board.
1: I'm down for the cost.
0: You know, would you do that? Remember when your did your parents ever say to you,
1: if your friends rode off a cliff, would you follow them? <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is, though, really? And it, it makes you kind of put this into perspective a little bit, really, because when, when your parents say that to you, it's like mm-hmm. they're putting it into perspective that you're mm-hmm. just freaking following the group and not. Critically thinking about it, so your whatever. parents did say that to you. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, plenty of times, and I and I was just like whatever. I didn't think too much about it till later when I was an adult. I think my parents were mostly telling me like, hey, you, know, you should do what other people are doing. Freaking
0: <laughs> settle down, Alms. <homes." laughs> <laughs> like, can't you just act like everybody else? I Why know, do you got to right? be over here? I they wanted me to be more conforming and more, uh, more group think.
1: They're telling you, hey, jump off a bridge, do something <laughs> yeah, normal, yeah, you know, do something, doing something normal.
0: normal. I was literally like, I, you know, I was like a
1: straight edge kid. Yes, sir.
0: I was that, and that was not normal. You know, yeah. the, the, the normal kids were out, you know, smoking some weed. <laughs> Smoking cigarettes, smoking cloves. Remember cloves? They might not have made it to your AO. Cloves. well, it was like a thing. Not. I mean, this is the '80s, too, bro. This is the '80s.
1: You know what? Smoking cloves. So, when you were straight edge, how old were you? About.
0: Uh, You know, and here's the thing: we've kind of gone through this before. So, straight edge is like a whole, like legitimate movement, and there's factions in it, and all this kind of stuff.
1: But when you get turned on to the philosophy, yeah, way, yeah.
0: How old? I mean, I was like between the age. This is for me between the ages of like probably eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I'm in the I'm in the navy.
1: So when when were people like smoking cigarettes or smoking weed or whatever? Uh, let's say twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Bro, that's crazy, right, man? Uh, well, I don't know we're, They oh. I've heard that before too. But I don't I don't know. Maybe I was in a bubble or what. But there would be people smoking who were like. 13, 14, 15 years old, mm-hmm. and that was just crazy. Oh, it was like, like mayhem. for too. everyone, yeah, they were like, that's crazy. Smoking weed, no kids, that I knew of really? until, like, maybe senior year-type situation. Yeah, that I saw, anyway.
0: And I tell you what, nowadays, it's crazy. Yeah, Like, kids are into all that kind of crap at a young, young age. Hmm. But I was in that mode, and most very few people other people you know most of the kids most of the kids that were like my age and they were you know smoking some weed drinking some booze hmm. you know getting after it in that, methodology. that true. <laughs> I uh continue on here members of a group can can often feel peer pressure to go along with the crowd for fear of rocking the boat or out of concern for their teammates perceptions of them cool mm-hmm. peer pressure we get that presence of a highly influential domineering authoritative role model. So that's when people are just going along cuz you know like whatever the big the big leaders doing it. Mm. Um the human propensity to be strongly swayed by compelling narratives. Oh, good story. Guys got person's got a good story. That's why you see advertisers use that kind of stuff. Stories. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. Stories to make you think a certain way. Yep. Yeah. They do a good job sometimes too.
1: Yeah, I think so. sometimes.
0: Sometimes, yeah. sometimes there's commercials that you go know, that they did a good job on that one. But that's yeah. what I think. I yeah. always think I don't think wow well, I want to buy that product. I said man that advertiser did a good <laughs> job on that one because I'm questioning yeah. these bastards. Yeah, because yeah, I'm a I'm probably the worst person to advertise too.
1: Yeah, I'm such a jerk when it comes to people trying to get me to do shit isn't that kind doesn't that kind of and maybe it's something to just to think about isn't that kind of like an opening to advertise to you even more effectively though because you're kind of rigid in that way I mean look we can argue about the semantics of it like rigidity but if you're like the worst guy to advertise to all you got to do is basically find the the correct way to advertise to you and it might be super highly influential you know
0: I'm if someone pulls that off, it'll be, I'll probably be devastated. Yeah. You know, I'll probably <laughs> be buying whatever, uh, you know, yeah. flowy haircutting yeah. vacuum thing for your well, head.
1: Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by advertising. Like, oh, what, what is that? I don't even know the difference between advertising and marketing. I don't uh, know. I don't Maybe know. marketing there is the whole There might be some thing. technical thing. Or yeah, something. yeah. But let's say a marketing campaign to get Jocko to not do something. To right? get
0: me to not do something.
1: Yeah, that's like not a typical thing, right? Usually okay. a commercial is going to want you to do something. Usually. Okay. Unless you have these like causes or whatever, but I think someone could get you. They'd be like, all they gotta do is launch this campaign. Oh, they, they could use reverse psychology. Exactly. On me or something right. Like yeah. This. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I think.
0: So I gotta be aware of mm-hmm. reverse psychology. Yes. That someone's gonna go, do not yeah. try this. You will not like this. This drink
1: yeah and then show, show a bunch of stories that you like basically disagree with or show a bunch of people <laughs> that you're like can't relate to or something you're like oh, i'm not like them so i'm gonna forget. can't relate yeah <laughs> Check. which is very easy to do but,
0: uh, and this falls into suggestibility the social social contagion is accelerated by a high degree of suggestibility suggestibility is a high pot, highly potent underestimated force with manifestations extending far beyond social contagion. What is suggestibility? Suggestibility is the quality of being inclined to accept and act on the suggestions of others or being easily influenced by other people's opinions. It also usually applies, implies a state of uncritical compliance with an influence. This is, so I think to what you were trying to say about me a second ago, this is where, I think I, I have a, like a tendency just to be like, I'm not listening to this person that's trying to make me do something. Yeah. Like I have a real, that'll piss me off. Now look, I'm not out of control with it. I'm not like, yeah, but I definitely am aware that my first reaction is gonna be a pushback. Yeah. That's my, I don't show that, but that's mm. my internal mental reaction is a little pushback. Like, yeah. oh, person thinks, oh, I have to kind of keep it in check so I can actually listen to what people have to say. But it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a you know, internal, discussion in my head. Uh-huh. These manifestations of social contagion and suggestibility are wide-ranging. Here are a few examples in the mental health field in which a problem probably has been at least amplified by social contagion effects and or suggestibility. The number one thing they say is suicides, which again is very disturbing. And there's all kinds of these examples of where you know, someone in a town, someone in a, in a group, commit suicide and it triggers a bunch of, well, they call them copycat, but they're just other suicides. Mm -hmm. This is the other one I talked about. Non-suicidal self-harm, especially self-cutting, the prevalence of which has increased greatly in the last couple of decades. In the early 1990s, self-cutting was considered practically diagnostic of borderline personality disorder, whereas today it's merely a common way that anxious or depressed teens distract or soothe themselves when upset. How scary is that,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? So this thing has become almost normalized. Mass shootings, such as school shootings, these have increased greatly since 1999, especially in the U.S. in what has clearly been shown to be a copycat effect, which they actually call the Columbine effect.
1: Mm.
0: Very disturbing. The apparent anxiety epidemic and mental health crisis in youth today. So they're suggesting that there's an anxiety epidemic right now. People are anxious about things and there's a mental health crisis with young people. And, and that's, they're giving this example as social contagion. So when, you know, little Billy goes to school and little Freddie is like, I need to go, I need help. I need, I, you know, I'm, I, what is it? Uh, I have trauma or whatever. And, he gets some attention because of that. And then Billy makes Freddie get kind of on board and they start this thing. Mm. Very scary. Uh, this is an interesting one. Mass psychogenic illness. What used to be called mass hysteria. And there have been a great many famous examples of this in history. Now, I, had, I looked this up, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was, did you hear the thing of the big thing on one of Joe Rogan's podcasts with the doctor that talked about mass psychosis, something like this, when everyone gets scared and freaked out? Mm. This is different. This is when people think they're sick.
1: Mm.
0: Everyone thinks they're sick. And this is documented stuff that has happened. Everyone thinks they're sick like everyone also oh, now I have a headache. I have a headache too. And this this, this psychogenic illness spreads Like cough. There's a cough not real
1: mm.
0: or fatigue. Hey, we're, everyone's tired You know everyone on our whole team is tired right now. It's yeah. a it's a it's a social contagion We just think are sick. What's cool is I like to spread the other thing.
1: Sure.
0: Like I'm feeling yeah. badass today. How about you? <laughs> like I think the air is good in here It feels like don't you feel like you know, so let's yeah. spread that Let's spread the mental health of like, hey, I feel really, really dominating today.
1: Yeah.
0: So this is important. If you can spread something, let's spread something good. Mm. Walk around and be like, hey, I think there's something in the air that's giving me extra oxygen because I feel like I could freaking lift a train right
1: now. Yeah. You know what I'm
0: saying? I know what saying? Isn't that
1: better? That is a lot better, yes. Sir.
0: Um, and then there's anorexia is probably another example of a now well-entrenched disorder with its origins partly in social contagion and suggestibility with cultural factors fueling the epidemic. Common personality factors predispose certain individuals to develop anorexia, such as perfectionism, and a high need for control. And then it says in parentheses, traits with a heritable basis. Cases of anorexia continue to be driven upwards by social contagion in vulnerable groups, sometimes quite consciously and intentionally as social media sites that foster competition in weight loss between teenage girls in a race to the bottom. That is insane.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that is just insane to, to that someone would make websites like that. Um, that's so scary. That's so scary, um, and I think they consider anorexia like a, like a uh, terminal illness almost. Mm. I know some people, obviously some people survive it, but man, it's brutal, mm. absolutely brutal. And yeah, this is just something I think, for me, I just wanted to bring it up, just for awareness, just for awareness for everybody, because we're all, we're all just such ripe victims We've got the phone in our pocket that's feeding you all this social information and what everyone else is doing and it's, you're getting hit with it on your phone, on your TV, from your people around you that are also getting hit with it, it's just disturbing. Stop. Take a step back, detach from all this crap and figure out what's really going on. That's my recommendation. We'll do more on that.
1: But just wanted to bring it up so everyone's aware of it. What do we got for Q&A? Q&A. All right, first question. I'm a young university student and have cut off all contact with my abusive father because of the murder he committed many years ago. To this day he keeps attacking my personal sphere. Do I share my feelings and thoughts about this with my girlfriend or is the man or is the man way of dealing with it to keep it for myself and not to inform her on it? No. Any direct communication to him is given in to his desire for control. Huh.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think I would just not talk to this father again if he was abusive and he is a murderer. Uh, no sense to talk to him. Cut off, change your phone number. Good, you know, move on. Um, as far as with the girlfriend, I, I mean, I, I think it's fine to share a situation like this with your girlfriend. I wouldn't, like, whine about it, right? I wouldn't whine about it, and I wouldn't use the situation – as an opportunity for me to cast blame or make excuses because of, oh, my dad was abusive and that's why I'm doing this, you know? Like, so I'd be careful about that. Because then you're actually giving this guy control over you right now. You know, when you say, well, my dad, I can't, I I don't feel comfortable being in a relationship because my dad was a jerk. Okay, so you're still giving him power. No, Mm -hmm. don't make any excuses, own it. You know, relationships are risky. There's risk involved. You're going to have to take some risks in your life. Um, but and I, so I wouldn't whine about it. I wouldn't cast blame about it. I wouldn't set it up as this big thing that actually makes her, you know, think that you are controlled because you are if you make it into a big deal. But I would t- I would tell her, and again, you've got to make you some judgment on your own here because I don't know what this woman is like. But I would probably tell, yeah, you know, hey, years ago, my father uh, murdered somebody and he's kind of a, abusive jerk. That's why I don't talk to him. You know, he's a bad person. He still tries to impact me, but I don't let it happen. Like, how cool is that, right? If you're like that, then I think we're good. Um, don't make it into some huge deal, right? And also, if it's going to burden her in some way, you know, if it's going to be some burden that you're laying on to her as well, then that's you're not doing it for the right reasons. So, so be careful about that. If I feel like I'm gonna just be putting a burden on on my significant other, and it's gonna be a burden that doesn't help that my significant other, my girlfriend, my wife, whatever, I'm probably not just gonna throw burdens on people. I'm not doing that. Like, you know, I used to not really talk about work with my wife. I was gonna throw some burden of anything on my wife. You know, (laughs) like, not gonna do it. Something happened at work; didn't go well. Someone got hurt. I wasn't going to burden my wife with that. I, it's not going to do it. So I'm careful. That then I might keep it to myself. If I think all I'm doing is transferring a burden to someone, I'm not. I'm probably going to just eat it, I'm trying to hang on to the burden. But you—that has to be you. You have to figure that out. You have to be the judge, You have to make the judgment there. Um, part of being in a relationship is sharing the good and the bad. Also part of a relationship is protecting and shielding people from awful things. Part of a relationship is helping each other. She might be able to help you work through this if she's that type of person, if she's a strong person, if she's had some kind of experience that she could help you. And and she also, like I said, she might not be able to do anything for you but be scared of you or be scared of whatever. So this question I'm trying to give you some options and give you some insight from a detached perspective, but you're going to have to make the decision on this. And also, you don't have to make a giant decision and one night she comes home from work and you just say, my dad, here's the whole history, here's what he did. But you could say, yeah, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. And she goes, why not? Yeah, he was kind of a jerk. You know, he used to get a little physical. And you can kind of leave it at that for now. And if she goes, oh my God, you know, I, I, I never wanted to be with you, know, I don't know. If she starts to freak out, you know, you can back off a little bit. Or if she starts to say, I, I feel so horrible for you, and, and all of a sudden you're transferring a burden to her, maybe you can back it off and say, yeah, you know, it happened, but um, it's okay now. So you're going to have to make a decision on this. Um, I don't know you or this woman close enough that I, can, that I can really tell you exactly what to do, but I can tell you what to watch out for. That's about what I got for you on this one. So, don't let this look. You said you cut them off. You don't want them to control you. You don't want them to influence your world. Get them out of your world.
1: That's what I got. <sighs> it's interesting. You said uh, you mentioned you said it real quick, but how like if you're talking about something that happened to you in the past and that's why I'm like this, you know, kind of thing. You're kind of like letting it control you still, you know, and if it's a person or whatever. Man, that's like something kind of critical to remember, you know, because kind of like there's kind of two ways to see it or maybe they're just one with two parts of it or whatever. But like you can be like, oh, yeah, this happened to me in the past. So that explains a lot about me now. And that's, you know, good information to have and all that. But or you could use it as like an excuse mm-hmm. to be like, well, I'm just like this. Yeah. It's who I am, you know, kind of a my thing. My parents
0: got divorced. That's why I'm not. Uh, that's why I can't commit to you.
1: Yeah. It kind of excuses you. Instead of just bit. saying, hey, look, I don't think we're right. You know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> your chicken that you make is dry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> up, bro. Uh, no. but, but interesting. There's an
0: inside joke there. If you all of a sudden think I'm a jerk. My, my wife for many years made dry chicken. Um, I actually talked about it on one of the early podcasts. She got sent thousands of recipes and she cooks the best chicken in the
1: world now. Yep.
0: So, but it was a joke. <laughs> Take it easy, everybody. <laughs> Take it easy.
1: Actually I didn't know that. That's pretty good. That's good repercussions, right? You didn't know what? That now she has many, many recipes oh, yeah, from yeah, the yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and now she makes great yeah. chicken recipes. She
0: makes the best prime rib too. Yeah. We were talking yeah, death row yeah. meals the other night.
1: Death yeah. Rowing. Oh, right. Yeah, right, like right, lastly, yeah. like you're going to die tonight. Yeah. You know, what like uh, going to go into the chair. Yeah. You know, I was. Wait, going. you, you and your wife were talking about
0: that? Yeah, my whole family. We were just talking death row. So what's else.
1: your jam? What what was the jams that uh, came up?
0: Yeah, for me it was, it was my wife's prime
1: rib. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, prime rib. You, you get the correct one, bro. That's kind of the one, right? Yeah. It's so good. Bro, there's this play. I forget what it was called, but you get you, the best part I remember. Ever, I forget what the place is called. It was one of these places in LA. I know, it was in LA. Mm-hmm. And then you, for Bro, we're dessert. not going to LA, so don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm probably never going back there either. But for dessert, you can get one of those Malk? cookies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, cookies with ice cream on it? No,
1: no, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. ice cream on it, but it's made in a pan. In a pan, yeah. And it's still in the pan. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we're fully aware of these scenarios.
1: Yes, sir. But the point is, yes, prime rib. I think you're right. Do you like? You don't like lobster, huh? No. Dang. What about crab legs? No. 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 Fucking. But you like ribeye steak, though. Hell yeah. Okay, so if okay, the perfect prime rib, the perfect one that you Mm -hmm. can ever imagine, or the perfect ribeye, which one?
0: Prime rib. Oh shit. Yeah. Prime rib. I dig it. My wife's prime rib, man. It's good to go. (laughs)
1: Good to go. All right, next question. I was wondering how to deal with people who think that events control their emotions rather than themselves. Also, how to deal with excuse makers and weak mindsets. Huge fan of your podcast and hope you will reach out.
0: Oh, well. I don't let people who think that events control their emotions control my emotions. (laughs) You get it? You see what I'm saying? Here, bro. How do I deal with people like this? Well, they don't bother me. I treat them with respect. I help out if I can. I try and understand their perspective. Uh, I listen to what they have to say, you know. I might indirectly try and help them gain control over their emotions because they probably could use some help in that area. So that's what I do. As far as uh, excuse makers and people with weak mindsets, you know, but they don't bother me. I mean, how do I deal with them? I don't have to deal with them. I uh, I might try and help them again. I might try and help somebody. Um now look, if someone's an excuse maker, I I might not go into business with them, right? I might but I might go watch UFC with them. That <laughs> might be like, hey, you want to go watch UFC? <laughs> yeah, cool. You know, that's fine. I'm not what are they gonna make an excuse about? You know? Like, hey, uh I, I forgot to pick up hey, did you bring the did you bring the steak? Oh, I, I was gonna, but I, you know, I was running late because whatever. Oh, they made an excuse. Oh no, right? I already planned for that. I ate before I went, bro. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's just, it's just like to me, um, it's kind of an interest. It's kind of, a, it's a little bit of a funny question, right? Mm. Isn't it? I, I see li- what you're a saying. Bit, yes. like, how do you deal with people that have that think events control their emotions, right? Me? How do I deal with them? I, they don't affect me.
1: Right.
0: That's my answer. They don't, the, the, just the same way that this person doesn't like other people that can't control their emotions and thinks that events control their emotions, That I feel that way about someone that lets people control their emotions. I'm gotcha. Not letting it happen. Right. So that's my recommendation, is why, why are we super worried about someone else? I might try and help them, right. but they're not gonna make me have a bad day, they're not gonna make me have a bad outcome.
1: Right.
0: They're not even going to make me go to watch a UFC and not have food cuz I already thought of it. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not relying on people that I know I can't rely on. So, yeah, man. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't the only thing I would be worried about here wouldn't be them, it would be me cuz I'm letting people make me mad. How do I deal with people? Oh, I, yeah. I don't have to deal with people. So, um yeah, I focus on what I control, do my best to help other people out if I can. But I think that approach has worked pretty well for me over the years.
1: That's kind of, I mean, that not that kind of like a version of extreme ownership as far as that goes? Because yeah. if you're like, hey, everything's my responsibility. Yeah. So like so <sighs> yeah. if someone else makes an excuse that has no be- bearing on anything, really, yeah. it's my responsibility. Yeah. And man, so even and maybe it's just me. Having trouble, but extreme ownership—the mm-hmm. the concept, the philosophy, the approach—is like I'm like discovering new like depths of that. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in practice, but just as far as like the concept, which translate into practice, of course. But I'm discovering new and new layers of that, like even now, because it's like you—it's like things that I missed, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like um like the idea of. Just the idea of, hey, this is all my responsibility, like all of it. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are things that you kind of forget that you consider not your responsibility. And you forget about that, you know, because you just it's like a foregone conclusion. Oh, that's not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. But it like it is, is. <laughs> Yeah, you know, bro, you discover like all kinds well,
0: of things. This is a good example of this guy right here. and he, You know, he's probably his whole life's been frustrated by people that were, you yeah. know, uh, uh, oh God, I can't believe Echo's losing his temper again. Yeah. What, what am I doing?
1: Yeah. I'm losing my temper by kind of you. Yeah. yeah that's exactly so don't do that.
0: <laughs> the, after echo loses temper, I don't, doesn't impact me in a negative way. Like mm-hmm. now I might say to you, because I want to help you, be like, bro, what's making you mad, man? Is that going to help you make a good decision right now? I'll be more indirect. You know the deal, but yeah. I'm going to try and help you out.
1: I'm not going to let it bother me. Yeah. It's bothering me. Especially ambiguously, right? Where it's like, hey, if you're trying to get something done, then you get it done. Either way, you're gonna handle it the same way. It's kind of like, um, like what you just said. It's kind of like yelling at someone to be quiet. Yes, right. Kind of the same conceptually. Very,
0: very similar scenario.
1: Similar scenario. Just be careful, man. Be careful. What do we got next? All right, next question. Jocko mentioned in passing that he has a cold plunge at home. Didn't elaborate much. Mm. I, I have not found any easy way to have consistent cold, cold plunge without. And several thousand dollar cold generator or one-time use of tossing the ice bags into a tub. Does Jocko use a better system? Yeah, so uh,
0: Yes, I'm very lucky. I have a cold bath at my house and I have one at my gym <laughs> I Have one at victory MMA and fitness have one at my house. The one at my house is called Renew
1: so these are Actual, Actual, this is what it's made for.
0: Actual expensive Mm -hmm. cold baths. The one at the gym is called Blue Cube. They're both awesome pieces of equipment and they're both very expensive, like 10 to 15 grand. The Renew is cheaper one. The Blue Cube is a more expensive one. And they were both given to me. So there's the reality of the situation. That being said, I did have one in the past. I had another one in the past that was an early version of these things. It wasn't as expensive. It also wasn't as good. But I I also have the ocean, which is between 57 and 65 degrees normally here in San Diego, California. Um, so, yes, I do have them. And I'll tell you what, I'm not trying to get crazy here, but I do really like doing the cold baths. You yeah. know, they feel they feel very good. They and you get you get conditioned to them where you can just jump in there and it's good and mm. they definitely make me feel better. They they really do. I, I and I'm not a scientist. You're not. I'm not uh Andrew Huberman, you know, who knows everything. Yeah. And I know he's done a bunch of stuff about it. And he's a scientist. You could listen to him. You I can just tell you what I think, right? Mm. My my opinion has a lot less value than his. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel recovered. It makes me feel uh Alive more sure that sensible. awakened more. Yeah, so I Talked you know, I also talked all through I talked through this with Tim Ferriss uh, like I was I think when I was originally looking at getting one or something and He he had done a bunch of research and he's a much more thorough researcher than I am when it comes to this kind of thing and one of the things that he's he was and actually, no, he, I wanna say he reached out to like a physicist friend of his mm. that like ran the thermodynamics of the best way to most efficient way, and he was like, look, the, the cheapest way to do this is have an ice machine and throw ice in a when you wanna get in there. That's mm. the cheapest way. Because mm. to make ice, the way they make ice and keep it frozen, I don't know, to try and keep water consistently cold is very inefficient. Uh, some people, have you ever seen people do that DIY chest freezer? You know what a chest freezer is? Uh,
1: I don't think so. Okay, so what? it's
0: just like a it's like a coffin, mm-hmm. but it's a refrigerator.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like you put in your basement. Yeah, or you put whatever. in your basement. Yeah, you yeah. have your like, all your elk in it. Yeah, yeah. You know?
0: So, I have one of those, and they're they're only like two hundred bucks, and mine is big. Mm-hmm. But uh, and there's like people convert those into ice baths. I don't know anything about it. Be careful! Yeah, I was getting electrocuted. Right? And shit, <laughs> like I. I don't know, man, <laughs> don't okay. keeping the, so you, there's some, I saw, I saw, I've seen some like YouTube, like how to make one and you mm. buy the stuff and whatever. So mm. maybe you can take that route, I don't know. Keeping water cold is expensive and energy inef- inefficient. And all the actual systems that are out there are expensive. So, <sighs> you know, doing the ice, just having a little ice machine and throwing ice in there is one way to do it. Cold water out of the tap, depending on where you live, you know, if cold water on the tap is cold enough, depending on where you live and what time of year it is and all that. Uh, cold showers. You do the cold showers, right? Yes, sir. Talk to me about it. Maybe this person could just go cold shower
1: route. Well, they're very like ice bath is way more cold. Effect- <laughs> yeah. Way more cold, more effective mm-hmm. uh, and I'm more unrealistic for sure. But cold shower is good. Mm-hmm. And yes, I take cold shower every day. Same deal. Same results. Dude, I don't. What, dude,
0: what's the what's the protocol? for a cold shower, the cold everyday cold shower. Every for you? day. But yeah. what's the protocol?
1: Take a cold shower. What time? Oh, when I wake up. Like, first thing, you know, I go, you know, what's the, whatever your wake up routine. Okay, me, wake up, brush teeth, cold shower. Get out, water, drink water. That's it. And then continue.
0: You just go into the cold shower, yes. out of the gate. Yep.
1: Then Wait, you know, as opposed to what?
0: I don't know, like, oh, you get done working out, cold shower. Oh, no, no, no. Because to me, no. this sounds like an extra step. That I wouldn't probably take
1: Oh yeah because you work out first thing in, yeah. the, in the morning Well yeah. yeah Um, I guess it depends on why you're doing the cold shower Here's the thing The cold shower or ice bath experience After workout is way different Than before or right when you get up It's like
0: a different thing
1: I th- at the end of the day, I would imagine you do it in be, the
0: morning to like wake yourself up, right? Well,
1: there's a lot of reasons. Yes, so I guess apparently, like the um, what do you call it? it's like the physiological response to the cold mm-hmm. shower, like produces like an increase in a bunch of good stuff. Um, and with that, yes, you wake up quicker and like all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it has to do with your hormones and whatnot too. Now, I'm not saying, and I because the fact is, I don't know how, how those effects differ. When you wake up versus when you get in Mm -hmm. after you work out. But I'll tell you this right now. If you're sweating and hot from a workout and you jump in the ice bath, depends on how cold it is, um, it's not that much of a shock. There's a big part of it because I used to do this after football. Is you're hot. You're all hot, and it's like a relief. There's like a relief feeling, you know? So I would imagine physiologically it's a different process Check. rather
0: than a freaking. <sighs> you're co- you're in bed, and you're like kind of warm, and then you go into cold.
1: Yeah, especially when you get out of bed, and it's like, dang, it's kind of cold out here. Like not freezing. Like in Big Bear, like when I go to Big Bear. I don't do it. <laughs> don't do oh, you don't do it? No, bra, I can't do it. I can't do it.
0: Uh, only one. War- well, so look, I don't have. I don't have a quote better system. That's what the actual question was. I don't have a better system from talking to Tim Ferriss who ran this through like one of his physicist friends, the most efficient way is get an ice machine and put dump ice in there when you want to jump in there. And one thing that is good is with the ice baths, like a, like a jacuzzi because it's warm. It. Make stuff grow in it faster, you know, like oh. it becomes dirty quicker, oh, yeah. and you can get a very small. Like you are not gonna lounge in an ice tap in an ice tub, yeah. so that's why you see people just getting in like a you know a barrel.
1: Yeah, you just like get a in a barrel, throw some barrel. ice
0: yeah, big trash barrel, jump in there. Yeah. You don't need to lounge; you are just gonna sit in there for five minutes, right. five minutes, maybe seven minutes, maybe three minutes. I guess, I guess you only really need to be in there for three minutes to get the effects. Yep, but I like to go five to seven. Uh oh, one last thing. In my opinion, maybe you could do a shorter thing. But uh, doing like for me, if I, when I've done five minutes or seven minutes, and then went and did jujitsu, I didn't like it at all. I was all cold. Yeah, if like, you go like directly, cold, not, yeah, yeah. not cold like not cold like uh, hey, I'm shivery, but cold like my muscles are cold, yeah. Yeah. stiff. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. Yeah, I don't same, do that anymore.
1: Same with football. Post jujitsu, hey, good yeah, to go. Yeah. Not pre jujitsu. Yeah, same with. But football. you know, you ever been a cryo chamber? Yeah,
0: cryo chamber. I've done pre-jujitsu and I kind of liked it. Yeah. So I didn't. It's I a different didn't,
1: thing. I didn't like. The, I mean, I didn't dislike it, but the cryo thing, I I was like, whatever. It was real. I didn't feel anything, to be yeah. honest with you. Like I felt the cold air, which was cool. It was a cool experience, yeah, yeah. but I was like, I,
0: I liked it. I like the cold air thing, and I I think that's more of like a wake up thing. Like that's when you when you're talking about the morning thing. I think that's what the yeah I think that the cryo is I like that cryo thing
1: oh yeah so there you go All right, next question my wife has been taught to believe that men and women aren't that different she seems to think that vast differences between her and I are an exception to that rule along with her parents and my parents and our two children one girl one boy While she acknowledges I am much larger and stronger than she is and that I'm far more logical and mechanically minded, she doesn't seem to appreciate how vast the differences are. The lack of awareness concerning the scale of these differences, both mental and physical, is so baffling to me that I have no way to rationalize it other than it being a result of ingesting various forms of media over a lifetime as it appears to be so obvious otherwise. The problem isn't one of simple pride, but one of how these differences leave us better suited for different roles, and how the lack of this this understanding complicates raising two children, is my question how should a man deal with a wife who has been taught that men and women aren't really that different and subconsciously believes it to a greater degree than she wishes to admit, this has historically caused problems during our relationship and marriage, but I love her dearly
0: (sighs) So how would I deal with this? Well, first of all, I probably wouldn't make that big of a deal and I probably wouldn't really make it have a big role in my relationship. Um, why would I need to? I don't. I don't know where this would come up. Um, Billy likes trucks, and Sally likes dolls. Mm, that's fine with me, and I don't say. I don't say that's how they're genetically programmed. Do you see the differences? No, I don't do that. Hey, I tried with my – I have three daughters and one son. I was – you know, I made every effort to make my daughters like tomboys. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I understand but they would they would find they would find dolls and they would like make dolls and they would be like little moms and stuff like this, and so then by, by the time my son came, he's got now two older daughters that are you know have princess wings or whatever like these little <laughs> kids have, and this kid, my son, would just like 100% only play with a truck, only play with a little machine gun, yeah. only play with you know a, a bulldozer. Mm-hmm. if you if he walked into a room and there you know this was a house i'm gone all the time my wife's there we're living in a tiny house we can barely afford there's toys everywhere
1: mm.
0: right my kid my son walks into a room you're going right for the tonka
1: <laughs> sure
0: <laughs> right yeah. my daughter walks in she's going right for the uh uh the doll
1: yeah.
0: so i didn't bark out like you see how they're genetically programmed it's just like hey oh cool you
1: know yeah.
0: get him another little tonka truck um Billy wants to be a firefighter. Cool. Oh, that's cool, Billy. Oh, Sally wants to be a ballerina. Oh, that's, hey, great. I don't say that's because that's what nature intended. I'm not going to go off on that, right? (laughs) I'm going to shovel the driveway when it snows. I'm going to go grab the shovel and shovel the driveway when it snows. I'm not going to say, we see that this is what I can do because I'm bigger and stronger than you because I'm a man. I don't say that. I don't say, hey, since I'm bigger and stronger than you, I'm gonna go shovel the driveway, and since you're weaker, you go make dinner. Mm. What, what what am I getting from that? You Can't you see the genetic differences between us? Mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna say, hey, I'm gonna go out and shovel the driveway. I'm hungry, can you make something? That'd be awesome. Right? Um. So I guess what I'm saying is, interestingly, if I were in this situation, I would take a much more logical and pragmatic approach and I wouldn't let my emotions cause problems where there probably shouldn't be any. In other words, I would act like a stereotypical man is supposed to act. <laughs> <laughs> like he was made to act. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, bro, but listen. You see what I'm saying? Isn't it kind of funny? You're getting all emotional, upset about something when you're supposed to be the Mr. Logical guy. Don't do that. Be smarter. Be logical. Don't bring up this subject. Why does it need to come up? Why does it need to come up? The facts are there. No problem. Let's
1: move on. Be Be a logical human. Be a logical man. Yeah, that's, uh, I got to be honest with you, it's kind of more easier said than done sometimes. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Because I can just see it, you know, how like you really have this really, like this view of a certain like subject or whatever. And maybe you're kind of frustrated with some Mm -hmm. other stuff you heard about it before, you know, some things that you were like, that's not true or whatever. You know, maybe you have like a little bit of a, a history with the subject matter and you have your view on it meanwhile your wife who let's face it you're committed to and you're kind of you signed up for this person yeah. and there I, they're I like, got
0: an answer for your question when you get there i've yeah. already written it down but keep mm-hmm.
1: going okay uh, and so it's like when you get in that situation, the thought is, and you're right, it's like an emotional thought. Cause mm-hmm. like, just kinda what you said, it puts it in perspective. It's like, bro, why do you care? It has no bearing on you at all. I mean, unless there's like some very pivotal decision unless that this Unless you're a is super emotional
0: on, man, and you get emotional about things, then you know, it bothers you.
1: <laughs> right? But,
0: Which is exactly what's happening I,
1: here. I would even say that, and actually this is kinda in, in, this, uh, this, is, in this guy's defense, a little bit. Hey, I, I, I wanna defend this guy. And
0: I hope he gets my, 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 me having a little bit of fun with this, yes. right? I hope that you don't get emotional when you hear this. goes, doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, be, be like, oh yeah, you know what? jocko has got a good point. Yep. Yeah. I, I should act like a logical, rational man right now.
1: Bro, you, like, even you saying that right there actually affected me. Like, as far as like, <laughs> only because I kind of felt this guy, I didn't necessarily agree with him, cause I'm like, hey, kind of thinking, cause his question wasn't like, hey, what do you think about gender roles or whatever? He didn't ask that question. He said, how do you deal with your, wife when she disagrees with you that was the question question, so it's a little bit more clear like hey like you know what you do is you lay out the facts and you prove to her that you're right no that's
0: the dumbest answer ever
1: Gotta win that argument son but um so it made it more clear in my opinion but still the way you're i just kind of like put myself in issues like bro i see it i understand because i've been there before where like when you get in those situations where you're kinda of thinking, How the heck can this lady like think this? You know? Mm-hmm. There is this um Seinfeld episode. And George, who's kind of this neurotic guy, but anyway, he goes into the store, he sees a security guard and he's standing up, right? And he's like, that's a like and he was dating the owner's daughter or niece or whatever, mm-hmm. the owner of the store, right? And the security guard worked for the store, was standing up. And he's like, "He does he have to stand up right there all day on his feet, eight hours a day? And his girlfriend's like, yeah, I guess. He's like, doesn't that bother you that a guy has to, that's brutal right there. You got to stand there all day on your feet or whatever. Does that bother you? Aren't you concerned about the security guard? The lady's like, no, not really. And then he thinks to himself, like, how can I be with this girl? She doesn't. Like, she doesn't see uh, what's wrong with this picture. Kind of, It's the same thing where, like, he thought a certain thing. She was like, I don't think this. I think something different. So it's like, man, how can I be with this person when they think so differently about this issue? But the trick is, brother, this is not very – that's not a big deal in your guy's relationship. Yeah, unless you make it one. (laughs) Yeah, unless you make it one. Exactly
0: Uh, right. The answer I wrote down to your question, which you sort of got veered off on a Seinfeld episode, which is fine. (laughs) Sure. but we kind of addressed it a little bit when we said, oh, you got to win the argument what we were saying and when you said that and I was Indicating that is you got to play the long game and you got to take the indirect approach you're not gonna change your wife's mind by Laying out facts for her and showing her how in egalitarian, you know playing her a bunch of Jordan Peterson videos And now she goes. Oh man. I wish I would have thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks. For She's not, it's not gonna you. happen. Yeah
0: So what you do is you take the indirect approach and you build a great relationship with her and you play the long game and over time you have intelligent discussions where you find all the points that you possibly can to agree with her and the more you listen to her, the more she's going to listen to you. So that's my answer.
1: That's a good one. So the... uh The same subject, I guess. But so did you I told you this right where the where a man, a male brain and a female brain, generally speaking, because they're anatomic anomalies or whatever, but. The man brain, or the male brain, female brain are different. They work different. Mm -hmm. So how it looks in the real world, men are better at certain things, like tested better Mm -hmm. at certain things, and women tested better at certain things. Did I tell you that? One of them was uh, drawing a bicycle.
0: Yeah. We had that discussion on an early podcast. Yeah. We We had people that were not happy about your statement
1: doesn't matter yeah I, I, yeah, yeah i your statement.
0: it wasn't even your statement it was just a fact
1: a thing that i saw yeah so i was like cool so basically it goes like this if you don't know about it this is what it is a f- the female brain can't draw a bicycle like what it takes to draw a bicycle Wait,
0: no, you- let me let me let me rephrase what you just said mm-hmm. in tests it was more likely that a female brain would not be able to draw a working bicycle less less female brains could effectively draw a working bicycle,
1: than male brains. Yes, because okay. what you said was yeah, women right. can't draw Absolute, bicycle. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, not exa- true. Exactly right. So, well, I don't know if it's not true or not, but here's it the, is okay, not true. Let me state the facts. Then you're right, because you make a really good point yeah. right there. Where you can't just be like, "Girls can't do it." Like I'm this expert girls on girls can okay. Just
0: like you can't say, "Oh, girls can't run this fast," because a bunch of girls yeah. can run that fast. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that, so you can't make these. Now, you could say most men can run faster or whatever. Maybe that, maybe run's not the good one, but most men can lift, deadlift more. That is a true statement. But you can't say all men can deadlift more. Mm -hmm. And you can't say that some women can't deadlift more than some men. So this is all. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure we clarify that.
1: But this one is a little bit more rigid only because the t- the, the and task here's is the very thing, specific. Here's the thing. I didn't do the study. I watched this on a on a Discovery Channel mm-hmm. episode of something. They're okay. trying to do something. And this is what it, I watched. So they did an experiment to figure out the differences between male and female brains. Mm-hmm. So one of the tests was, because it came to some hypothesis, So one of the tests was to see if they could draw a bicycle. Draw a right? working
0: bicycle. Yeah,
1: working bicycle. Exactly right. right. You draw a bicycle. It doesn't have to be an artist, like awesome shading and all just a working bicycle. Right. right. And you, they got 32 males, I think college level maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what level. Males, 32 females. All males could draw it no matter how good their, their, prof, their proficiency of drawing is, all males could do it, no no females could do it. So they were like, okay, it's, and it's because of, the thing is they weren't trying to figure out who could draw a bicycle and who couldn't. Mm-hmm. They were trying to figure out a specific element of the way men think versus right. women. So their um, next hypothesis from that or whatever was that guys, men, or maybe it was like the conclusion, I don't know, but that males draw map in there, because another one was like directions, mm-hmm. right? So males draw a map in their head where they go. So they can orient themselves a little bit more accurately, intuitively. And again,
0: most men.
1: That was their conclusion. Right. You See what I'm right. saying? While females, the, how they navigate is they look for, uh, what do you call landmarks. Landmarks. Yes, exactly right. So that was kind of the, that was what that was. Another one, another experiment was packing items into a trunk that could be Barely fit in there. You'd have to pack them correctly. Mm-hmm. It's like it has, it has to do with spatial awareness or something like that. And all men could do it. No women could do it again. Actually, this one, I think it was like a some women could do it. Right. But this one, but it was outweighed. It was like the conclusion was was pretty kind of clear right. given given the experiment. I don't yeah. know all the parameters. so There's I don't
0: also like women are better at at listening to two conversations at the same time.
1: Yes. Yeah, so the, the conclusion for that one is... Um, is women have less affinity for like deep focus and more diffused focus. So they can handle more things at once coming at them. But if it requires deep focus, the male will be able to achieve deep focus more. Generally speaking. Generally speaking, <laughs> yes.
0: I got to keep you out of trouble. Oh, yeah. you're gonna, people are gonna, some women are going to come at you if you keep this <laughs> Just, up. Though.
1: The thing is, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I too, in fact, I think that that's really important to make that distinction because... When you're talking about men versus women, you're talking about groups. Mm-hmm. So if you talk about individuals, it's like the group dynamic kind of breaks down because, yeah, all you got to do is find the one girl who can do it and be like, so now you you said women. That's a woman. So technically, what you said is not correct. See yeah. what I'm saying? Got to make so you that can't, distinction. Can't be pushing on incorrect information as far as I'm, saying, as far as I'm concerned. All right. Check. Next question. Oh, by the way. Wait, who was it that drew a like? Tried to buy a, draw a bike. It was like someone that we know. Was it Sarah? Armstrong? Sarah Armstrong? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like wrong. Did it something. work? I don't think. I think there's like a joke baked in there. So I don't know something. But if you're, a I female, think it
0: worked. And if I remember correctly, I think I think she drew a good bicycle and was like, "Here you go, Echo."
1: No, I think she drew a junk bicycle and then like drew like a, it like photoshopped a picture of me on it. Uh. Out of anger or something like that. I don't know. I forget, I forget the joke. It was a good one, though. No. But uh. if I would say this, I it would be interesting because I've done that experiment. Like ever since I saw that, which was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Anytime it's come up and, and a female would be around, I'd be like, "Yeah, let's do it for fun." And then like, zero, none, not one <laughs> single one has done it. And, and I've countless people I've done mm-hmm. it with zero. And what they always say is, "Oh, I'm not good at drawing," it, but that was part of the experiment. Yeah. A lot of people weren't good at it. It doesn't matter how proficient in drawing you were, see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know who I think could do it like an actual female like artist who draws things with bicycles in it. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. true, obviously. Yeah. But I wonder how, but her, that's her not brain really is. the test.: Nope, it's not. Correct.
0: Check. Next right. question. Let's go one more question.:
1: My girlfriend has recently broke up with me to focus on herself and find herself. Come to find out she had cheated while we were t- while we were together. Everything was perfect in the relationship and I'm trying to get over this heartbreak and feeling like I wasn't good enough. How do I overcome this situation?
0: Uh, everything was not perfect. Everything was not perfect, my friend. it seemed like it was perfect because she was lying to you. Mm. She is a liar. She is a cheater she's untrustworthy. she's not who you thought she was who you thought existed this picture perfect female she didn't exist she wasn't picture perfect she was a liar she was a narcissist she was cheating on you she didn't care about you so so that sucks but that doesn't suck as bad as she was perfect and she's gone that would suck worse actually but it, that's not the situation you should be you should be kind of happy this you should think this is good because You got to see how awful this person was before you committed more time and effort and resources into this relationship. So be thankful, actually. You could have freaking married her. You could have had children with her, right? You could be economically supporting this woman, this cheater, this liar for the rest of your life and the rest of her life. But thankfully, you avoided that bullet, This is a a thing to be thankful for. She didn't exist the way you thought she did. So there you go. It's the end of the conversation, really. It's the end of the conversation. Because she didn't exist. It's It's a mirage. It's a fugazi. It's fake. It's not real. So you can take the, you know, you paid you paid twenty dollars for a Rolex watch in New York. You thought you got a deal, yeah. and then someone goes, "Dude, that's that's not a freaking real Rolex. That's junk." Yeah. You say, "No, it's not," and then they prove it to you, and then you go off oh, and you can throw it away because because yeah. it's, it's worthless. Yeah. So you had a worthless watch. You wore it for a little while, mm-hmm. Check the time a couple times, maybe some You maybe fooled a couple people, but it, it was a lie. It's a fugazi. Mm-hmm. Throw it away. So that's kind of the end of it. The only other part of this is you said, how do I overcome the situation? I'll tell you how you overcome the situation. You go, you start eating healthy food. You start training jujitsu. You start lifting weights. You start working out. You start running. You start taking cold baths. You start working hard at your profession. You become a better man. That can go out and earn a woman of higher caliber and a woman who has higher virtues than this strumpet that you were formerly associated with and that's what you do walk away don't look back bro go forward
1: what's a strumpet
0: it's from the big lebowski oh, it's okay. basically you know someone that's a uh you know promiscuous female i guess it would be appropriate <laughs> way. Of
1: i gotta watch that one again good stuff. um brah that watch analogy was freaking perfect oh? actually okay actually almost perfect let me okay, add something okay. to it so okay. It's like the same watch analogy but you didn't buy it. You just made like one payment on it and not that big of one either, okay, right? Yeah. You made one payment and then you found oh, out
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a, that makes it a lot better cuz you go you went to the store and they were like, "Yeah, you know, this is a $4,000 watch, but isn't it beautiful?" And you go, "Oh yeah." And they go, "Listen, we'll put you on a payment plan." Yeah, we'll put yeah. you on a payment plan. Yeah. And you go, "You know, uh, okay, I'll do it." Yeah. And and by the way, Part of the payment plan says, you know, this is an authentic watch. I'll sign the contract, but you have to sign that it's also an authentic watch. They go, yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. You pay that twenty dollar the first installment, twenty bucks. Yep. Yep. You walk out the store, you feeling like you know uh, uh, Don Johnson,
1: <laughs> yes sir, yes. right, sure. In Miami Vice, yep. did you watch Miami Vice? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Apparently, I looked like the other dude. Did you ever know.
0: see the Crockett and Tubbs like Photoshop of you and me? Yeah, So it's kind of epic. Because <laughs> I watched Miami when I was a kid. Miami Vice was like, you know, that was kind that of was the deal. Jam. Yeah, that yeah. was a that was yeah. the jam back yeah. in the day. I can dig it. Uh, so you think you're Don Johnson? You walk out of there with a Rolex on in your mind, but to your point, all of a sudden someone goes, "Hey, you know that thing's fake," and you go, "Wait a second. you take it to the Rolex dealer. Yep. And they go, yeah, this is garbage.
1: Yep, fake. Here's how. Boom. Dem- yep. They
0: demonstrate their little parts or whatever, little yeah. tester. Yeah, they, they flake
1: off the gold yeah, part. It's yeah. like,
0: and they go, this is fake. Yeah. And they could say, how much did you pay for it? And they're thinking you're gonna say, I paid $4,000, you got 20 bucks. Yeah. You got no problem oh, bro, good.
1: you're good. Move on, Yeah, really? move on. Cool, Yeah, you Less, got a, lesson learned. You got a bunch more money, yeah. by the way, to go buy a real Rolex. Hopefully you even make some more, right? Yeah. Which lesson is essentially learned. time, right? Because okay, what, you're with this girl for how long? However long, but just like how you said, you could have married her. <sighs> That's the full, no, you could have married her with kids. Mm. That's the full payment. Yeah, You paid the whole thing for yep. the fake. So it's different. So yeah, he kind of got off scot-free, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
0: 20 bucks, $20, we'll, we'll call it 20 bucks. $20 it's not free, lesson. but you know, I would pay $20 for that lesson. Yeah, it's
1: a very valuable lesson. Exactly. Uh, you right.
0: could pay $20 for that lesson all day. All day. Play, so that's what you did. So be thankful, that's true. and then go, go get after it, bro. Go get up early, start lifting in the morning, start going for a run, go find a jujitsu gym. Like your confidence is going up when you're in shape.
1: Bro, and that's, 100%. That's the real issue, it's not the girl. Because he even said, "How do I get over these feelings of not feeling good enough?" Like <sighs> the bro, if a girl like cheats on you, it's unless he's under the misconception that she cheated on him because he's him, which would have make sense because why wouldn't she just like leave him or whatever? <laughs> you know, it doesn't make sense. But either way, the feelings of not being good enough is cuz you don't feel good enough. Yeah. So you got to do stuff to make yourself feel good yeah. about yourself.
0: And you want to feel good about yourself? Go do jujitsu. You'll feel bad a little bit because you'll be like getting choked. But <laughs> then you'll be like, I can choke other people. <laughs> yep. And then you do. start lifting. You start working out. You start going for a run. You start eating good food. You're feeling healthy. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. It's a good plan. All right. With that, everyone go eat healthy. Train jujitsu. Lift weights. Be cool. Work out. Be logical. Be rational. Don't get super emotional. Take care of yourselves. That's all we got. Thanks for joining us on The Underground. Thanks for supporting The Underground. We appreciate it. It's going to give us our last little little bastion of hope. Yep. Maybe when the things start to unwind around the world more than they already are. Thanks, everybody. This is Echo and Jocko.